Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello and welcome back, you guys. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. You survived conference weekend. Woo, woo. Oh my God, everyone deserves a gold star for surviving gold, conference. Gold star weekend. for everyone. Yes. Everyone. <laughs> I completely forgot because, you know, I, I did my little detox. So I've like cleaned out <laughs> all Mormons who would post about conference. And how, like until you messaged that, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's conference weekend. <gasps> <sighs> it's, I know. I feel like the longer that you're out, the more um, conference creeps up on you because I was way more aware of when it was happening right when I was fresh out of the church. And now I'm just like, oh yeah, it's around Easter time. It's probably happening now. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. (laughs) It's happening. Yeah. I mean, before we get into that, Katie, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? (laughs) I'm well too. Thanks for asking. (laughs) Um, no, you guys, we, we just recorded a Patreon episode, um, which we were given the spill in the tea. Mm -hmm. Um, we both haven't talked in like a week and a half, which is the longest I think it's been in like three years. I know. It's so crazy. (sighs) I had the withdrawals. We like, we texted, but it's not the same. (laughs) It's really not. Like, I don't... You just don't realize how much you need a good bitch session. And I feel like every week it's just a good bitch session, you know, like it's a good time. time. Let it out. Speaking of Patreon, though, we do have a new patron. Um, That's me tooting a horn, you guys. (laughs) You're being Moroni with his horn, his trumpet. (laughs) Moroni. Um, new patron Ashley hi welcome and thank you welcome Ashley welcome to the uh evil satan robot bitches club did I say it right did I get the you right did. you got it, <gasps> mm-hmm. did it you guys evil welcome satan robot bitches you know it here we are <laughs> we're here and we still have not done anything with merchandise and it's been three years of us talking but eventually Katie we will get there and we'll make some badass t-shirts and some mugs and some wine glasses it'll happen eventually you guys Mm -hmm. um and I sound like I'm drunk and I'm tipsy and I'm not I'm just I'm drunk off of happiness and giddiness because I'm so excited to record (laughs) It's been so long. <laughs> I know. It's crazy because to the listeners, it hasn't been because we had, you know, the the weekly episodes that were scheduled to release. But for us, it's been a long time and we're getting back at it. I feel a little rusty, but <laughs> I, I feel more awkward than usual. I feel rusty. I feel like I keep forgetting that we're recording and I'm like, oh, right. Rain it in, Sarah. Bring oh, yeah. it back. It's happening. <laughs> It is happening. And also I found it funny because I'm I'm listening to this podcast that Katie recommended a few times and I finally typical Sarah two years later is like, Oh my god, this podcast is great, even though you've been recommending it for ages. Um, wine and crime. And it's funny because they talk about their listeners and how people write in saying that it feels like they're just one of the girls, like, hanging out, like, sitting in the room, chatting, you know, just talking shit and just having a good time with their besties. And I was like, 
I get it now. I get what our listeners have been saying because (laughs) I literally am just like giggling to myself with Uh my earbuds in every time I listen to an episode. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. Mm -hmm. I know. And and like the episodes they've had that. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say when you messaged me and you said you were listening I think I said out loud I'm pretty sure I was looking at my phone and I said out loud fucking finally like (laughs) I knew she would like that (laughs) I know why I am always on like the struggle bus when it comes to recommendations I'm literally always like two years behind like people will tell me to watch something or listen to something or read something I'm like yeah 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 And it's like, I'm such a stubborn brat where it's like, I have to be the one who discovers it and like on my own. Otherwise it doesn't count. And because I was like, oh, you know, I'll listen to this, I guess, I guess I'll listen to it. Now I'm like hooked on it. And especially when they talk about Mormons, I want to like, I'm yelling into my phone, like, that's not right. Like they don't give 10% of their money to charities. They just give it to the church. I know. When that comes up, too, I, I yell at him, and I'm like, no, I need to tell you exactly what it is. And isn't it so funny how they talk about Mormons? Because I it helps me to remember how little the general public actually knows about the Mormon church. And it's fascinating. Yeah. It's really baffling, but it's like, yeah, I just want everyone. I just, I feel like we should do a podcast like with like join or what is it called like be a guest (laughs) that's the word (laughs) that's the word I'm looking for you guys we should be on a guest on like every one of these podcasts that mention Mormons but don't really know that much about him like listen (laughs) Listen. let us tell you all the things and yes we are highly biased but for good reasons (laughs) yeah I think we're biased in the best way (laughs) exactly Anywho, that's me. I'm doing well. Thanks for asking, Katie. <laughs> 15 minutes later, I'm wrapping it up. Well, Sarah and I obviously decided that since conference just happened, we're going to cover it for you. Aren't you all so happy about that? <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited. So you guys I... don't have to read or listen. Sarah and I, like, we picked talks that we would cover. I don't even know which one Sarah picked. She hasn't told me yet. Nope. Surprise, surprise. Because <laughs> I picked, I was originally going to go with two different talks because I couldn't pick between them. But then I started making notes about one and I was like, okay, I just have to stick with this one or the episode is going to be like three hours long. <laughs> so I ended oh, up just going so with excited. one talk as well. Yeah. It's is this the one? Okay, so I won't. I'm not gonna ask you right now because you okay. told me the name, but I didn't look into it. I didn't do anything. Okay. But I did see. So I didn't see quotes from Mormons this weekend, but I did see a lot of quotes from ex Mormons about one talk in particular, where ex Mormons are called lazy learners. <laughs> okay, so I'm glad you brought that up because that's actually the talk I was also going to cover, but decided not to because I got too far into another one. So. That talk that you're referencing was given by none other than Russell M. Nelson, uh, the prophet president. Anyway, yeah. Russell M. Turd. That's his name. (laughs) Russell M. Turd. (laughs) He kind of looks like a a dried up dog turd, you know? Like, (laughs) 
like the face. I know I'm gonna offend so many people. You are awesome today. I love it. Um, so many people who are like, oh, don't be mean. I know. I'm sorry. It's just how I am. I apologize. <laughs> So, yeah, I think it was, I can't remember the name of the talk, but he, he referenced how like everyone has struggles, but if you just try hard enough and if you have enough faith, then you can overcome your struggles. And if, but ex-Mormons or people who leave the church or people who are doubting are just quote, lazy learners and he was just that it was so problematic on so many different levels like first of all calling someone lazy because they question the church like go fuck off you crusty dog turd like that is (laughs) ridiculous and also like calling someone a lazy learner like a learner like that's problematic on so many levels of yeah. people who actually do have learning disabilities like no. you what and can we <sighs> just point out that the people who are questioning the church or calling out things in the church almost always have done excessive research and trying to understand and reading and asking questions because they're not they're being the opposite of lazy they're being super actively trying to understand something and they don't get the answers they want which leads them to lose their faith and it's just dismissing it's like the thing we hear all the time like ex-mormons were just lazy or they just wanted to sin or they just didn't understand and it's like no we understand we disagree and we're calling it out because it's bullshit. We're not lazy. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, oh, they just gave up because they couldn't they couldn't hold out and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, again, that's so far from the truth. Like many people who do leave the church, as Katie, as you just mentioned, like do extensive research. And it's not because we just want to give up. It's like we're desperately grasping at anything we can to justify the fact that the church could still be true so that we didn't just waste 28 fucking years of our lives. Like, yep. mm-hmm. I, know. I, mean, I know I definitely was in that, like, Oh no, it's gotta be real. Like it has to be right. Yeah. Uh, Spoiler it's, alert. It is it's not. not. <laughs> but it we is hear not. that, we hear that tactic a lot used by the church and it really others the people who are questioning and it, makes the believing members think to themselves, well, yeah, of course, like I'm diligent, I'm faithful. And the people who left were just lazy or not as smart as me or not as faithful, not as righteous, blah, 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 blah. Instead of actually treating us like human beings and listening to our reasoning, they're like, well, you must've just been influenced by Satan or you're just lazy or whatever. <laughs> exactly. Oh God. So that was the, and part of the reason I didn't cover that one extensively is because I have seen other ex-Mormons talk about it on social media. So I figured I had to cover one that I hadn't heard anything about yet. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad you went with that decision, Katie. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> Sister Sarah. Um, <laughs> would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? I'll let you pick. Oh, that's too hard. No, Um Okay, I'll go first then. Okay. Go first. Okay, so I decided to cover a talk called Infuriating Unfairness 
<laughs> by Dale Renland. So oh, Dale. Oh, Dale. Um, I, of course, like, I won't be covering the entire thing. I did copy a good portion of it that I'll read and then react to. But for time's sake, I did come out, uh, cut out some parts just to be perfectly clear. But I figured okay. people would know that. I just wanted to make sure. I yeah, thought. I did the same. So in case you guys are wondering, I'm not going to go through this again when I tell mine. Um, definitely just copied and pasted things that I found relevant to talk about. So yeah, if you want the full context, read the full article. Yeah, and I I still kept a lot of it. I just cut some out because, like, who wants to be here for four hours? I mean, I know you guys love listening to us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're not trying to take up your whole entire would... weekend like the general conference does. <laughs> God, yeah, it's such a time suck. It really was. It took takes your whole entire weekend. And then anyway. everyone's like, let's make pancakes for conference again. It's so exciting. And I'm like, really? I just want to sleep in. Why are yeah. we excited about this? Oh, it was. <sighs> you know, when I, when I was a member, I just remember thinking that conference was boring. But now, I think I've said this before, but now it's just like I listen to even five minutes of it. And I'm like, yeah, I can see how that's boring. But also, it just makes me mad. <laughs> we'll it makes me mad, and it's so cold. Like, the fact that I never noticed that it was yeah. a cult prior to me leaving the church is, like, well, I mean, it's not that baffling, because that's usually how cults work. I was going to say, but, that's how they thrive, right? <laughs> yeah, but now I'm just like, God, it's so creepy. It just, like, creeps the f- me the fuck out. Like, I just, ugh. And how they all talk similarly with that And you raise your hand and do the oh. weird ordaining, and, oh, it's so creepy. Oh, okay. So I'll just start by reading what his opening line, what, or his opening paragraph was. So he says, in 1994, a genocide took place in the East African country of Rwanda that was partly due to deep-seated tribal tensions. Estimates are that more than half a million people were killed. Remarkably, the Rwandan people have in large part reconciled, but these events continue to reverberate. So that's how how he opened. And I... Okay, so that's basically all he says. He like, but he'll tie this into everything later on in the talk, but he doesn't go into detail about what this genocide was. And I felt very like ashamed of myself that I knew only the teeny tiniest bit about this. And it was probably from the movie Hotel Rwanda. Like that's yeah, how I was gonna say. I was about this. Yeah, I feel quite bad that I don't know more about this. But so yes, I'll, I'll tell you all a little bit more about it because I feel like it's really important. And he didn't. He just left it at this. And then he goes to tie it into church things later, which is super problematic. But so just for reference for everyone, if you might not know, because I barely knew anything about this. Um, the Rwandan genocide occurred between April 7th and July 15th in 1994 during the Rwandan Civil War. During this period of around 100 days, members of the Tutsi minority ethnic group were slaughtered by armed militias. The the most widely accepted scholarly estimates are around 600,000 Tutsi deaths. So the Tutsi people herded cattle while the Hutu farmed the land. That was the difference. And 
the ethnic identities of the Hutu and the Tutsi people were reshaped and like basically formed almost by the white colonizers. The Christian missionaries that came there promoted the theory about how one of the tribes descended from Ham and that like, and then they referred to the Ethiopian features of those people. And hence the Tutsi people were less than basically how like we, you know, the Bible says that like black people came from that and that is what was taught. And that's what divided these people is the Christian theology of that. Of course, Dale doesn't reference any of this, but yeah. Um, Oh, wait, sorry. I do have to say, yes, I'm like just double checking to make sure I I did read this right. So I do know about this a bit because, um, you know, my boyfriend Greg is like a historian and is all about like history. So anytime we watch anything, I get like a full history lesson, which is great. I think it's important. Yeah. And we were watching, I don't know if you've seen or maybe listeners you, you watched, but I, God, I want to say it was the revamp of America's Most Wanted or... Uh, you guys are probably screaming into the the phone right now or whatever device you're using to listen to this being like, no, it's this show. Anyways, they have like, it's like people unwanted and most, uh, sorry, not unwanted, America's most wanted or anyways, uh-huh. point being one of the guys on there is um, Kabunga. I'm probably not pronouncing it correctly. Kabunga. And he like, he basically, he financed this genocide. Oh, right. He played yeah. a major role in in the Rwanda genocide, and um, he eventually was captured by the French police in 2020. Mm. Um, but he was, like, escaping multiple, like, he, he used the, the media outlets. That's what it was. He had a radio station, which was, like, telling people to kill the Tutsi minority. Yep. So he would yep. go on there and, like, tell them. And so then he, and he helped fund, um, I think, it, like, I'm reading it now, it's, like, 500,000 machetes. For the genocide. It's so, just so yeah. like heart wrenching and it's disturbing. Um, yeah, yeah, it's really awful. Anyway, sorry. So I'm like, okay, do you feel a bit more relief? Yeah. Like, you know a bit about it. Ooh. Yeah. But um, yeah, if you, you thought, sorry, stumbling in my words, but if y'all don't know, like the scale and the brutality of this massacre was just awful. Like, it was. Most of these victims, they were killed, like, in their own homes by their neighbors. Because, like Sarah said, it would be broadcast on the radio that you needed to kill the Tutsi people or you would be killed. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they so, had, like, video clips on. I mean, I've seen some of the video clips and it's 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 horrendous. It's it's, it's bad. Yeah. So, and also sexual violence was intense with an estimated 500,000 women raped during the genocide. Oh my God. Most of the victims were killed in their own villages by their neighbors, like I said. Um, And yeah, they just, it really was this evil crazy thing that I can't even wrap my head around but this is what he just briefly glazes over is like oh this happened and now let me tie this in later but so I wanted to give it a little more context and the respect that it deserved because he didn't yeah I'm very glad you did and especially for 
you know, people like me who only recently knew stuff about it because of a TV show. Like, right. I really need to do better with oh, gosh, actually, too. like, keeping up with things that involve, you know, it's it's not just the U.S. or oh, Europe. Like, shit happens all around the world that we should be very much aware of. And so I'm and glad that you like took the time. recently in yeah, 1994. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so he goes on to say... Oh, oh boy. Okay. I got to compose myself. (laughs) He says, a decade ago, while visiting Rwanda, my wife and I struck up a conversation with another passenger at the Kigali airport. He lamented the unfairness of the genocide and poignantly asked, if there were a God, wouldn't he have done something about it? For this man, and for many of us, suffering and brutal unfairness can seem incompatible with the reality of a kind, loving, heavenly father. Yet, He is real, he is kind, and he loves each of his children perfectly. The dichotomy is as old as mankind and cannot be explained in a simple soundbite or on a bumper sticker. Wow. I just, okay, so I want to say, Dale, would a perfectly loving parent, like you claim God is, would he truly allow their child to be hacked to death by a machete during what was like an ethnic cleansing. I just, I can't understand how you can go from just talking about that genocide to saying God loves all of his children without any kind of explanation. It's just like he allowed that to happen because he loves you. That is so, so fucked up on so many levels. It's like, you know, God, you know, he loves everyone, um, but he just decided this, you know, these 500,000 to 600,000 people, they they just, you know, they, they need to die by yeah. genocide. It's fine, but he still loves them. Like, he still it, loves you, though. Like, he just wanted you to suffer immensely. Uh, because I just want to emphasize again, it's, it's, I mean, any type of genocide is obviously horrendous and it's horrible. But these were, like, predominantly deaths by a machete. Like, that is, that is, whew, that's, like, an up-close-and-personal way to die in a really painful, like, slow, I mean, I've never died, obviously, or with a machete. But just the thought, it's, like, hacking. It's not just, like, a a bullet to the head. It's hacking. Like, it's a very personal, And, I mean, we should have, I'll put a content warning on this when it's posted obviously and so content warning continuing on now but like I mean it was so brutal and the people who were raped they like also mutilated their genitals and Mm. just all different crazy stuff so I I just want to ask Dale like I'm sure he has kids would you allow this to happen to your child would you stand by watch and do nothing even though you had the power to because you're god and let your child be beaten mutilated killed like how is that loving I exactly and then and then still tell your your children oh but but I love I love you guys I love I you really I do. just want to help you yeah but I'm not gonna help you I'm gonna let you be hacked to death and mutilated because you know that's how I show I love you Ugh. okay all right whereas you know fucking Mormons in Utah like apparently you know God loves them and he's like no machete for you but all yeah. the apple beer okay, <laughs> okay. All like the apple beer yeah it makes absolutely I mean that type of reasoning just reeks like privilege on privilege oh. and just so 
And I mean, I used to think that way, which is a huge, it's very problematic. It's a very problematic way. It gets worse as he goes on. Like the privilege, you're going to be able to smell it. It's going to be so strong. Jesus. Okay. He says, to begin to make some sense of it, let us explore various types of unfairness. Consider a family in which each child received a weekly monetary allowance for doing common household chores. One son, John, purchased candy. One daughter, Anna, saved her money. Eventually, Anna bought herself a bicycle. John thought it was totally unfair that Anna got a bike when he did not. But John's choices created the inequality, not parental actions. Anna's decision to forego the immediate gratification of eating candy did not impose any unfairness on John because he had the same opportunity as his sister. What? In what way is this example even close to genocide? Like, and also how he says your choices created the inequality. He literally is saying that people who experience inequality, which is basically everyone except for cisgender white men, (laughs) like anyone who experiences inequality, that's your fault. It was your choice. And that's why you, you have that unfairness happening to you. That is so fucked up. Like, first of all, the whole, like, he goes from not even telling the whole truth or, like, even even bothering to mention the, the horrific events of the genocide. Yeah. I'm just saying it was a tribal feud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what? What? And now you're going to compare it to old uh, John and Anna and how, you know, he saved or like he bought a lollipop and she saved her money. And that's that's how fairness is explained. Like, <laughs> what? This is so stupid. And preschool. <laughs> oh, my God. And yeah, your, your comment and on what, you know, like, oh, it, it, you're inequality is because of your choices and you know it, it's the same mentality as like pull yourself up by your bootstraps oh, like it's you know it's funny that's the next thing in my notes I literally wrote it's the outdated pull yourself up by your boot, bootstraps theory yeah exactly that's what it is yep okay so then he goes on to say Our decisions can likewise yield long-term advantages or disadvantages. As the Lord revealed, if a person gains more knowledge and intelligence in this life through his diligence and obedience, he will have so much the advantage in the world to come. When others receive benefits because of their diligent choices, we cannot rightly conclude that we have been treated unfairly when we have had the same opportunity. So obedience, obedience to the church yields advantages. That's what he was saying. And I just wrote, yeah, this reeks of privilege. It's the outdated pull yourself up by your bootstraps theory, assuming that everyone can have anything they want as long as they're diligent enough. And honestly, that's just not true. And it's classist. It's ableist. It's racist. It's just so shitty and telling everyone because you don't have what I have it's on you your inequality is your problem Jesus and also the fact too that he says like the church you know like as long as you're doing what you should be doing like you have all the same opportunities but that in and of itself is a blatant lie like the church didn't give opportunity to everyone until the 70s like in the late 70s like, what about, you know, uh, black Americans who, <laughs> African Americans who didn't have any right, like, didn't have the priesthood, and so they didn't have all of the 
like all access to the church or all the opportunities. Like, so that's a lie in and of itself. Like not every member has every single quote unquote opportunity in the church. Like that's just not true. And women, like women don't have everything and like every opportunity in the church. Gay people don't either. Yeah. A hundred percent. (laughs) Yeah. It's just in such bad taste to compare, to go from how the genocide was unfair to move over to candy like I just it feels icky and I don't I don't know how you can even try to like equate those two (laughs) you know what's Um, sad is if you go and look at every single journal in in Utah right now I bet you'll find notes that say um tribal feud dot 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 candy analogy profound (laughs) profound yeah oh wow makes so much sense if only those if only that that tutsi tribe had pulled themselves up by their bootstraps maybe they wouldn't have gotten slaughtered oh they wouldn't even have that in there because they don't even know what the hell no they didn't no he didn't even explain it yeah he doesn't even explain it so they're probably just like candy analogy heavenly father answered my prayers now i know what to do do what's best wow the church is true (laughs) wow the church is true (laughs) god where wilt thou have me (laughs) (laughs) go to patreon for that reference um Okay, he says, different types of unfairness can merge, creating a tsunami of overwhelming unfairness. For instance, the COVID-19 pandemic disproportionately affects those who already are subject to multifactorial underlying disadvantages. My heart aches for those who face such unfairness, but I declare with all my aching heart that Jesus Christ both understands unfairness and has the power to provide a remedy. Nothing compares to the unfairness he endured. It was not fair that he experienced all the pains and afflictions of mankind. It was not fair that he suffered for my sins and my mistakes and for yours. But he chose to do so because of his love for us and for Heavenly Father. He understands perfectly what we are experiencing. So how many times have we heard this excuse? Jesus suffered worse than you, so your suffering is invalid, basically. It's that, and it's also like, you know, how, like, Jesus, I saw celestial Jesus is like the the most annoying, obnoxious one-upper in the group, (laughs) where it's like, oh, oh, you're, you died of, like, or you're, you're diagnosed with cancer? Oh, okay, well, you know what? Guess what? I have another one-upper. I died for your sins, you know? <laughs> yeah, so... you can't complain because I died worse than you. I did. I experienced worse than you. So, like, your suffering doesn't matter. Fucking <laughs> celestial Jesus, the one-upper. Celestial Jesus is such a one-upper. And also, I'm sorry, Jesus doesn't understand perfectly what we're experiencing. Jesus doesn't understand the struggles of women, nor does he understand the struggle of being a black man in america okay also jesus doesn't exist no there's that (laughs) exactly and also he says it's just like these shitty yeah it's just bullshit excuses he says yeah covid19 hurt and affected so many people but but that's you know jesus will find a remedy nothing compares to what jesus endured what remedy is there jesus didn't make the vaccine like exactly just all these bullshit fluffy excuses of like he's there he understands oh does he why isn't he doing anything then (laughs) 
business. Yeah. If if he gets it, then why is he just sitting back and being like, nee, I'm not going to help today because you know what? I died in a really horrific way for your sins. So, nah. <sighs> and yeah, he goes on to say that like he knows God and Jesus will resolve this unfairness, quote unquote, in like the next life, which I'm just not even going to cover because it pisses me off. It's like suffer now in this life and then your life in the next life will be better. No one can guarantee that. He doesn't know that. That's just a way of getting everyone to comply and be like, well, yeah, everything is bad right now. I'm, you know, I, I, things aren't going well for me in this life. That must mean that God will reward me in the next. And that's really sad. Um, He says, in unfair situations, one of our tasks is to trust that all that is unfair about life can be made right through the atonement of Jesus Christ. Because of him, we can have peace in this world and be of good cheer. Again, talk about positivity. Be of good cheer. It doesn't matter what's happening to you. Um, I hate it so much. He says, I return to the question posed by our fellow passenger in Kigali when he lamented the unfairness of the Rwandan genocide and asked, if there were a God, wouldn't he have done something about it? I'm with the passenger on this one, Dale. (laughs) Yeah. If there were a God and if he's all powerful, if he's all good and all knowing, he should have been able to do something about that. Like, yeah, exactly. Like what, what was his response? What does old Dale say? All right. So this is what he has the audacity to say. Without minimizing the suffering caused by the genocide and after acknowledging our inability to comprehend such suffering, we replied that Jesus Christ has done something about infuriating unfairness. We explained many gospel precepts, precepts? Yeah. Many gospel precepts concerning Jesus Christ and the restoration of his church. Afterward, our acquaintance our acquaintance asked with tears in his eyes, you mean there is something I can do for my dead parents and uncle? And we said, oh, yes. And we then testified that all that is unfair about life can be made right through the atonement of Jesus Christ and that by his authority, families can be joined together forever. Wow. Does that, that not piss you off? Horrible. It. He lost his parents, his uncle, and they have... The audacity to say, that, well, first of all, he says they're not minimizing the suffering of the genocide, but that's exactly what they're doing. That's literally the definition of what you're doing. Like, yeah. And then, like, oh, look, Jesus did something about this. And if you join our church cult and give us your <laughs> and you follow everything we say and do everything you say, we say, you can be with your family after you die. That is spiritual abuse. Like. And it's so dismissive of his experience. Exactly. And it's saying, like, it still still doesn't answer the question at all because it's still not fair. Quote, unquote, I'm I'm doing air quotes fair because it's like his family died in a genocide. They were probably mutilated, if not, you know, suffered a great amount of pain and, like, just a horrible death and then you're saying like oh but jesus makes it balanced and fair in the afterlife because now you get to spend the rest of your life doing baptismal work Mm. in the temple in this weird cult and like dressing yourself in an apron and a pillsbury dough hat 
And you get to bring your family happiness in the afterlife, all the while paying 10% of your income for the yeah. rest of your life. Yeah. How the fuck is that a fair trade? And it's just all bullshit. It's and like he's not answering the question. And he doesn't answer the question. It still doesn't. It's like the greatest manipulative like MLM scheme in the world where it's yep. like we're going to just dismiss the question you actually asked and sell you on some other bullshit instead. (laughs) Exactly. Like, right. His answer is basically like, well, yeah, God let your family suffer and die and let you experience the worst thing and the worst loss imaginable. But wait, wait, you can go to Mormon heaven. If you follow what we say, you can see him again. Aren't you so thankful that we white Mormon men from Utah came to Rwanda to tell you this? Like, Ew, uh, get out of here. I <laughs> it, it reminds me of those uh, <laughs> infomercials at, at late at night where the guy for OxyClean that's like, wait, there's more. There's more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait, we got Celestial Kingdom for you. Ew. Okay, there's only a little oh. bit more left. He okay. says, when faced with unfairness, we can push ourselves away from God or we can be drawn towards him for help and support. For example, the prolonged warfare between the Nephites and the Lamanites affected people differently. Mormon observed that many had become hardened while others were softened because of their afflictions insomuch that they did humble themselves before God. <laughs> so my note says, first off, Dale, the Nephites and the Lamanites didn't exist. But thanks for the racist reminder. <laughs> yeah, literally, though, it's like they don't exist. But let's do another little racist reminder there that um, the Book of Mormon completely erases Native American history yeah. and just says, that, like, you know, the Lamanites are cursed with brown skin and need to be white and delightsome. Like, thanks for that little thanks. racist. Yep, another one. <laughs> Yeah. And they were soft. Yeah. It, I just felt like that paragraph was basically saying, like, don't push away from your abuser when he abuses you. Like, lean into him more. Be more dependent on him. Be soft towards him. Let him continue abusing you, basically. Like, yeah. don't stir the pot. Um, okay, last paragraph. He says, do not let unfairness harden you or corrode your faith in God. Instead, ask God for help. Increase your appreciation for and reliance on the Savior. Rather than becoming bitter, let him help you become better. Allow him to help you persevere <sighs> to let your afflictions be swallowed up in the joy of Christ. And all I you know all that? I wrote after that was, I guess if my choices are to be reliant on the church or to be bitter, I'll be bitter. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, you know what, though? Like, we are bitter bitches, and I am happy okay yeah it's uh, when we look at this from an ex-mormon lens it's like that's so gross he's literally telling you be reliant on us be reliant on the church don't question don't get hardened by abuse don't stick up for yourself like and then just the very insensitive and disrespectful way he compared the genocide to those other very trivial things of unfairness and how he manipulated that poor man from Rwanda by telling him like, join our church. You can see your family again. All of it was so, so messed up on so many levels. 
It's it's absolutely horrendous. I mean, I know we made jokes about it, and I, that's how I deal with serious shit. And I'm sorry, but not sorry, you guys. If you if you listen this far, I think you've accepted. I think that they about know. Us. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in reality, it really is just fucked up on a lot of levels. Like the fact that he decides to choose, first of all, that he is talking to this you know, guy from Rwanda who's experienced these horrible things and completely gaslighting him and just dismissing everything that he's gone through and being like, no, no, it's not that bad. Like, it, it's, it's not bad, as bad as what Exactly. And then to just, like, tie in the analogy of the Rwanda genocide and with the fucking story about two kids who one buys a candy and the other one saves and buys a bicycle, like, that is not the same, sir. There is no level of relevancy there. Sir, correlation does not equal causation, sir. Sir, I'm going to need you to fuck right off, okay? (laughs) Sir, get your analogies straight. (laughs) Exactly. Also, Dale. Your name is Dale. Like, that is like, (sighs) no offense to anyone whose name is Dale, but when I think of Dale growing up in the South, I do not have positive <laughs> associations with the name Dell. <laughs> okay, Sarah, I think it's your turn to share with me what you picked. That's my trumpet again. Announcing, <laughs> announcing my my topic of choice or my talk of choice. Um, so I'm not going to lie when I go to the church's website to look at these conference talks, it's all kind of triggering. I don't know if it's the same for you, but I just like, eek, I want to get out of here as soon as I can, which now the church has this even greater, but slash annoying marketing thing where like, when you go to look at the talks, I don't know if you experience this when you copy anything, it yep. like makes you sign it or like tries to get you to sign in yep. and it like kind of freezes a bit. And I was like, fuck right off. I don't want to sign in. It's like mm-hmm. in order to make your studying more effective or some shit yeah. about studying, like sign in. And I'm like, oh, you're the I worst. Noticed, I noticed that too. And yeah, it has like all these little buttons you can pick if you sign in with your, I guess, church login. Also, how culty is that? Anyway, I know. Um, so cool. funny enough, I... I was working on my notes when we had an electrician in our house and I I was like almost embarrassed to have the church website up on my computer in case like the electrician saw. So I I just copied and pasted the whole thing and put it on a fresh document so I wasn't like on the church's website. <laughs> oh, I I do the same. It wasn't because I knew anyone could see me, but it was just like I don't want to be on this yeah, because I, I also you. work in marketing and like with the uh, website in particular. I'm like I don't want their their church site to have like improved um, right. website visits. Like there, I don't want to be on the page for a long time. I want it to be a bounce. Like I want to increase their bounce rates. So I'm gonna bounce the fuck out of here as soon as I can. <laughs> bounce right out <laughs> as as if my one view makes a difference but I'm like fuck you guys I'm gonna bounce out of here um okay so I chose <clears throat> defending our divinely inspired constitution <gasps> this was the next one on my list that I was considering I'm so glad you did it this is by Oaks right yes this is by President Dallin H. Oaks First counselor in the first presidency. You know what the H stands for? 
uh, horrible. Homophobe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> horrible homophobe. Yeah. <laughs> but really, what is what is the H? I, I don't know. I don't. I oh, don't. I thought you knew. I was like, is she? Oh, no, me? I don't actually know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I literally was like, okay, but really, what is it? Yeah, you're like, wait, <laughs> tell me so I can get on this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I chose this one because first of all, the title, I was like, oh, my God, the level of manipulation. They're going to try to say it's about, like, defending the Constitution. But we're not going to tell you what to vote or what to do. But we are going to tell you how to think. But we're not going to tell you what to do. It's so ridiculous. So I only, as I mentioned before, pulled out certain parts of this talk, although I still did quite a bit because it was just a lot of juicy details. But I'll try to wrap it up quite quickly but um his first I think it's even the um okay so the little section under the title it says our belief in divine inspiration gives Latter-day Saints a unique responsibility to uphold and defend the United States Constitution and principles of constitutionalism oh my god okay first of all okay no no I'm just gonna let you go and then all right let me go, because when I first read that, I just giggled, because I think it's so ridiculous that, like, the Mormon church, they say that they're not an American religion, and I'm like, really? Because you have an entire talk about the American Constitution. Like, you know what that reminds me of? What? The song it from Book of Mormon, where it's like, have you heard of the all-American prophet? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Like it just cracks me up. And you know what, listeners, if you would be interested in this idea, let me know. Because Greg actually proposed a different <laughs> – he didn't propose, don't worry. Guys. Everyone's freaking out. Like, <laughs> they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but he suggested a topic that I think would be interesting. And any any listeners we have who grew up Mormon who are not a North American, send us a message if you're interested. Because I think it would be quite – and he, you know, Greg pointed this out, like, interesting to to talk to someone who grew up Mormon who was not North American. Because, obviously, this is a very American religion. Like, it's it's deeply embedded in, like, American history and, like, you know, perspectives and the fact that there's a fucking talk about the United States Constitution in a general conference. Like, people in Sweden are probably watching, like, what the fuck? Like, why why is this relevant to us? You know what I mean? Like, I think it would be interesting. So anyway, that's just me. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think so too. Yeah. It's totally like, well, I mean, they believe that America is the chosen land. Like that's in the scriptures. And then Utah even was like the even more holy place. Like it's friggin' Zion is what they called it. So like it really is all centered around America is the, the place it's where Jesus came after he died. Like, yeah, it's, centered totally and, and I just think it would be so interesting like to to have grown up Mormon and not been American and to think like well why wasn't I born in the chosen land you know what yeah. I mean like it I wonder it if it has like, some type of effect we, yeah or to think like why don't we move there because that's the place where they always talk about I, I mean even like you said it's referenced in general conference so you've got to feel like your country is a little less quote-unquote righteous yeah, exactly. <laughs> the U.S. Constitution is divinely inspired. Ew. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, let me get into this because I know we're running over. But I oh, just... you're good. I think we can go a little bit over. This okay, episode. we're fine. 
Okay, cool. So his first opening remarks are, in these remarks, I do not speak for any political party or other group. Bullshit. That's oh, it. Do you now, yeah. Dallin. Ugh. And he is, I speak for the United States Constitution, which I have studied for more than 60 years. I speak from my experience as a law clerk to the Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court. <laughs> nice name drop there, man. <laughs> yeah, for real. Well, not uh, technically a name, but like a position. Yeah. It's like, cool, Dallin, we get it. You studied law for six years. Cool story, bro. Well, also, um, he's just had such a life of privilege. I mean, I mean he's always had money. and I just, Exactly. Cool. And, cool. And the thing that I like about this, too, that I speak from, he goes, I speak from 15 years as a professor of law and three and a half years as a justice on the Utah Supreme Court. I just love that it's like three and a half. Like it's I know. You see it written now. It's like, really? You couldn't just say three? Like you had to throw in the half, like three he did. and one half years. I hate that he was a justice, but yeah, he's it's horrible. He goes, I speak more importantly. I speak, actually he says more important, and it should be importantly. And my grammarly picked that up, but anyways, of another story which I found hilarious. I'm like, you studied law for sixty years, but you don't know what an adverb is. <laughs> Most important it should be importantly. <laughs> I speak from 37 years as an apostle of Jesus Christ, responsible to study the meaning of the divinely inspired United States Constitution to the work of his restored church. (sighs) Get off your high horse. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, So I'm like, in my mind, already thinking, did I get that grammar rule correct? So you guys, if I was wrong, just let me have it. Just let me... Let me fucking have this, okay? So don't send me any messages being like, technically, you are wrong as well. Just let me feel good about my job and that one comment. Thank you. Oh, my God. You literally have me crying today. Sarah is on fire. It's because I haven't talked to anyone in a week and a half. I was lonely. We've got to deprive you more often. You're just like fire and I'm left and right. So sorry. Okay. So continuing, uh, he says the United States Constitution is unique because God revealed that he established it for the rights and protection of all flesh. Doctrine and Covenants 101, 77. See also verse 80. Thank you. This is, um, this, okay, not only is it ridiculous, but like, we need to separate churches and religions from the government and from the constitution. And it's like, people like to claim the United States of America is a Christian nation. You know, like it was divine, like even other denominations of Christianity believe this. And it's like, that is not the case. It is not a Christian. I mean, there are a lot of Christians who live here, but like the whole point is that we're not all forced to be Christian, right? So I hate this like merging of God and the Constitution. It's gross. Exactly. It really, it really is. Um, and even, okay, so this next line too. This is why this Constitution is of special concern for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints throughout the world. The world? The world isn't America. I'm confused. <laughs> like when I read oh. the slide, I was like, what? 
It's like, why does everybody have to care about America? We're all just such like narcissists in America. Everyone cares about us. We're the most important. Like when I read that, I was like, what? And then he even goes, whether or how its principles should be applied in other nations of the world is Wait. for them to decide. Ew, just stay away. Stay out of it. Let them do their own thing. <laughs> It's like, yeah, we, I, I just find it absolutely ridiculous. And also, I bet, like, every person in the States who watched General Conference was, like, didn't even blink at that. Didn't even right. think twice when it said throughout the world. They're like, well, duh, the rest of the world should be concerned with the American Constitution. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous. Um, okay, so then he, he does, like, five points. Uh-huh. And I just skip through the first four because I was like, you know what? I just can't. And then I decided let's just end on not end, but let's 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 jump to the fifth one. Okay. So let me just read these. Fifth and finally, I see divine inspiration in the vital purpose of the entire Constitution. We are to be governed by law and not by individuals. And our loyalty is to the Constitution and its principles and processes not to any office holder, a.k.a. Biden is who they're talking about right now. (laughs) In this way, all persons are to be equal before the law. These principles block the... Okay, so let me just rewind there. In this way, all persons are to be equal before the law. This is coming from a church leader who also told the church, but didn't tell the church, but told the church to vote against allowing people to have like to for everyone to be married like to have the right to be married like so it isn't equal like this is coming from a man who he literally was an old dude he was in his 50s i think if not older when black men could not hold the priesthood like he also yeah I mean, it's in what they talk about. It was recent, recent talks and conference talks that he's said that the LGBTQ community is like depraved. I don't know if that's the exact word, but how they're like contributing to a society of sin, essentially. So like you can't have it both ways. Do you really think everyone is equal and should have equal rights? Or I mean, yeah, I think what he's saying is like, we as a church have the right to believe, blah, blah, blah. And they use it like, oh, we'll treat everyone fairly. But you're actually not treating everyone fairly when you're voting to take away their rights. So, mm. Exactly. Oh, oh, he gets into it a little bit later, and it's just absolutely ridiculous. But then, yeah. but then he says, these principles block the autocratic ambitions that have corrupted democracy in some countries. Again, America's great. <laughs> and we have the best democracy. God bless America. God bless America. Ew. Um, I'm going to skip this part and then go to this next one, which is like, wow. Despite the divinely inspired principles of the United States Constitution, when exercised by imperfect mortals, their intended effects have not always been achieved. Important subjects of lawmaking such as laws governing family relationships have been taken from the states by the federal government. The First Amendment guarantee of free speech has sometimes been diluted, diluted by suppression of unpopular speech. 
The principle of separation of power has always been under pressure with the ebb and flow of one branch of government exercising or inhibiting the powers delegated to the to another. So what he's saying there is that since the federal government, the Supreme Court ruled that, I mean, there's there's I guess there could be different laws about women's bodies, abortion, gay marriage, uh, trans laws, etc. that are at the federal level. He's basically saying that states should be able to rule the opposite way and deny rights. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, exactly. And then he's talking about, you know, the First Amendment of free speech is now like basically being diluted by unpopular speech, quote unquote, like people who actually speak up and are saying things like that's diluting what what the First <laughs> Amendment really means. Because there's a right way to have free speech, apparently, exactly. according to him. It's conservative, Mormon, Christian, white voices. <laughs> exactly. So then he goes on, he says, there are other threats that undermine the inspired, inspired principles. Yeah, threats. He uses the word threats. Mm-hmm. <gasps> yeah. Okay. Inspired principles of the United States Constitution. The stature of the Constitution is, dim- is diminished by efforts to substitute current societal trends as the reason for its find- founding instead of liberty and self-government. He is he did not just use the word trend. Societal trends. So human rights is synonymous to societal trends, according to this guy. You know what? People just want their just literally want freedom. They don't I ew, I hate that. I really hate that. I hate him so so much. Oh my God. H also stands for hate. <gasps> There's a lot of good ones. Yeah. Hor- yeah. Horrible, hateful, homophobic oaks. <laughs> yeah, I gotta think of another one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll circle back to that, you guys. Don't worry, don't worry. I'll circle back. <laughs> um, he goes on to say the authority of the Constitution is trivial, trivialized. I can't say that word. Trivialized <laughs> when candidates or officials ignore its principles. The dignity and force of the Constitution is reduced by those who refer to it like a loyalty test or a political slogan instead of its lofty status as a source of authority. Author authorization. God, I can't speak today. Uh, basically, authority <laughs> for and limits on government authority. Like, yeah. The whole thing. I it. I hate it all, but then I also hate that this is something that's being talked about in conference. Like that, you know, quote unquote, millions of people are watching and seeing and reading and And they're internalizing these messages and that's why we get all of this hateful stuff happening especially against the lgbtq community is because of people like him and talks like this that they believe are inspired by god it's super messed up yep and it gets worse so he so the last section section four i believe he says Our belief in divine inspiration gives Latter-day Saints a unique responsibility to uphold and defend the United States Constitution and principles of constitutionalism wherever we live. Again, wherever we live, unless you're outside the U.S. (laughs) Yeah, like, how? uh, 
What? <laughs> well, there's probably members who have never even been to the I U.S. Know. Like, why do they need to concern themselves with the Constitution? It's so fucking baffling. Anyways, <laughs> we should trust in the Lord and be positive about this nation's future. What else are faithful Latter-day Saints to do? We must pray for the Lord to guide and bless all nations and their leaders. This is part of our article of faith. Being subject to presidents or rulers, of course, poses no obstacles to our opposing individual laws or policies. It does require that we exercise our influence civilly and peacefully within the framework of our constitutions and applicable laws. On contested issues, we should seek to moderate and unify. <laughs> okay, that's not yeah. what the church does at all. There's, there's, I'm sorry, but when they speak out on political or issues with that they call moral, even though they're political, it's like that's not causing unity. That's causing more division. Especially exactly. inserting yourself into this, and you're not allowing your members to think and think about it and vote the way they want you're telling them what how to vote and it's it's so it's so manipulative it blows my mind it's like listen it's like me going up to you Katie and being like okay so I'm not going to tell you what I want for my birthday but I really want this but, but I'm not telling you. you what to do yeah. I'm not telling you what to get but this is what I really want. But again, I'm not telling you what to get me. Yeah. It's like so. And and he even ends on this where it says, again, it's like they open up with this statement and they close with this. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints will, of course, exercise its right to endorse or impo- oppose specific legislative proposals that we believe will impact the free exercise of religion or the essential interest of church organizations. Dallin, you can fuck right off. Because yep. what that means is that you're going to speak out against equal rights because you want to protect your church and continue bigotry. That's what that yep. means. And it does. I, yeah. Ew. Gross. It's horrible. And that's where I, I've ended it. I did do another talk, but we won't get into that. But if, if you guys are curious about you know, picking apart or bitching about another talk, I would suggest doing the one by Holland. I don't know if this was on your list, Katie. I, uh, not I, as not as the world giveth by older Jeffrey R. Holland. Ugh. <laughs> Can I tell you something about Jeffrey R. Holland really quick? Ugh, please do. He terrifies me. I think he is just like unhinged sometimes and I know a lot of people like him because he like gets fiery I remember when I was Mormon it was like people thought he was cool because he'd like get angry on the stand and I actually know I hope that this person never ever listens to the podcast but I know someone who's like kind of a friend acquaintance she named her daughter Holland because Uh, she loved Jeffrey R. Holland so much and I was like no, no, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, I know. He, he, yeah, he scares me as well. I remember at, when I was an active Mormon, there was some talk. I can't remember what it is now, but it was like where he gets like red in the face. And yeah. He's just like calling people out and it was really feisty. Um, Gross. Yeah. yeah. You guys, yeah, that, that one. 
Yeah, let us know your um if listeners if you uh dare to dabble on the Church Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints dot com <laughs> um website. Also, do not sign in. Don't do it. Don't fall for it. Don't accidentally click on it like I did twenty thousand times today. <laughs> if you come across a talk that you feel is um got some golden gems in there, like let us definitely let us know or just send send us a quote or two. Maybe we can yeah. share them because these talks are and the fact that it's twice a year, it's just I can't believe I never knew I was being brainwashed. It's a crazy thing. I know. Like we listen to the shame say shame. <laughs> the shame shit. Um <laughs> I mean it is. <laughs> it is. Uh twice a year and every Sunday and most of the the week, let's just yeah. be honest. It's wild, but, um, yeah, thank you everyone for listening. Glad you survived conference weekend and (laughs) we'll be back next week. We will. Bye. Bye.